Well, I want to welcome everybody. I want to welcome those of you with us at Grace West Falls Church and those online. So glad you're with us. We are in part three of this series called Unlikely Heroes, where we're looking at these uh, men and women in the Bible, and they're not necessarily heroic in the way that we think that they are. We've been talking about in this series that these heroes actually have a ton of issues, We started out two weeks ago by looking at uh, Doubting Thomas and just talking about his doubt and the importance of doubt and what we do with that doubt. And then last week, we talked about the very controversial Mary Magdalene. And um, and really, we we see in her the way we go from religious have-to to want to. So Today, um, we are looking at our third unlikely hero, and I think it's fitting on this Father's Day, a day when we celebrate all men here at Grace Community Church, that we are looking at the Apostle Peter. Now, what I love about Peter is he is, he is a man's man to the core. I mean, he's, he's not just one of Jesus' 12 disciples, but he's actually the leader of the 12. He is the head dog. And um, Peter, for those who aren't familiar with Peter through reading through the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament, um, you see, as you read about Peter, he's ambitious, he's bold, he's outspoken, and he is super, super courageous. And on top of that, here's what's great about Peter. He probably has like the manliest nickname of everyone in the Bible. You see, his given name was Simon. But as he started following Jesus, Jesus said, okay, Simon, I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock. How awesome is that, guys? Rock. Not, not just having the nickname rock, but Jesus gives you the nickname rock. You're my rock, Peter. How awesome is that? I, every time I hear that, though, I, I, could just, I just picture Dwayne Johnson, you know, the rock. <laughs> Can you smell what the rock is cooking? Um, that guy's awesome. So I don't think Peter was jacked up like, like the rock was. Uh, we don't have any evidence of that in the scriptures anyway. But, but he was definitely a man's man, Peter was. Uh, we know that he was a fisherman. And so he, you know, manly, you know, working with his hands, blue collar, tough, rugged guy. And, uh, and we know one other tidbit about Peter that you might not have known. Uh, we know that Peter was married because at one point Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. So, um, so all these things are cool about Peter, but the reason that we're looking at Peter, the reason that Peter makes our list of unlikely heroes isn't just because he was manly, though that's cool for today, but it's actually because Peter was a mess. He was a really unlikely hero, you guys. Some of you know you're familiar with some of the stories about Peter if you grew up in church. If you didn't, I mean, this guy was constantly screwing up all the time. It was one blunder after another after another with Peter. I love what author John MacArthur, uh, how he describes Peter. He says, Peter was the disciple with the foot-shaped mouth because he was always sticking his foot in there. And I want us to to take a look, because really in this Unlikely Heroes series, the encouragement to all of us is that if God can use these heroes, if he can work in and through them to do great things, there's hope for me and there's hope for you with, with our issues and our mess and our regrets. 
And so I want us to look, we're going to actually walk through six different examples of how Peter blows it. Six, and, and actually this isn't even all of them. This is just, we don't have time to go through all of them, so we're just picking out six, all right? So the first one we find in the, the Gospel of Matthew. This is Matthew the tax collector who became a follower of Jesus, wrote one of the four accounts of Jesus' life. And in Matthew chapter 14, what's happening is um, Jesus has sent his disciples out on a boat onto the Sea of Galilee. And so they're out in this boat, and Jesus says, I'll catch up with you guys. And, uh, and then the next thing they know, they're out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and they see Jesus walking on water out to them. So we pick it up, Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 through 31. Peter says, calls out, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Bring it on, Peter. Says, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water. Can you imagine? Walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt, Peter? (laughs) Jesus is like, come on, man. You know, you're going to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. You're going to come out. Come on, why did you doubt? Keep your eyes on me, Peter. I just imagine the conversation with those other disciples. You know, Peter's always the guy out front. He's always the outspoken one. I I bet they gave him a hard time when he got back into that boat. How'd that go for you, buddy? (laughs) You know, nice work, man. Fast forward a couple of chapters in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 through 23. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And check this out, that he must be killed and on the third day raised to life. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. So picture this. Peter's like, Jesus, can you come over here? I got to talk to you for a minute. This is what he says. Never, Lord, This shall never happen to you. It's almost like Peter, you know, kind of does a virtual like, Jesus, wake up. What what the heck's going on, man? This is not how it's going down. Says Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, I've been called a lot of things in my life. I don't know about you. I have never been called Satan, okay? You know it's bad. You know it's bad when you're getting called Satan. So, Jesus continues. He says, Peter, you are a stumbling block to me. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You see, Jesus is laying out his plan of salvation for the world. And as crazy as it sounds, and as crazy as it might sound to you, if you're kind of exploring Christianity, Jesus says the plan wasn't some revolution, some overthrowing the Roman Empire, which was ruling at that time. He's telling his disciples, no, it's a sacrificial love plan. I'm going to lay down my life as the son of God. I'm going to take on all the sins, all the evil in the world. I'm going to die and I'm going to be raised to life three days later. And it's through faith in me, not any empire, but faith in me, that is going to bring you to righteousness in the eyes of God. And Peter 
I mean, he's, he's beside himself. This isn't how it's supposed to go down, you guys. <laughs> Peter's the man's man. We're, we're doing great. We're building crowds. We got power. This is not how it's going. And Jesus says, Peter, you, you have no clue. Shut up. We see in, uh, in John's gospel, John was another follower of Jesus who wrote an account of Jesus' life. And uh, in John chapter 13, we see that Jesus is, is giving his disciples a very, very powerful lesson. This is now the last week of Jesus' life. And he wants these guys to have something they will never, ever forget. And so he begins washing their feet. We pick it up in um, verse 6 of chapter 13. It says that Jesus came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter. You got you to love Peter. You shall never wash my feet. Says Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You see how this is tense, man. This is heated. And in fact, the argument continues and Peter's like, man, fine, then just wash my whole body. Jesus is like, no, dude, shut up. What are you talking about? I'm going to wash your feet. Do you see how stubborn Peter is? I know guys were never like this, so this is great. Do you see how difficult he was? What's amazing to me? He's not just one of the 12. He's not just part of the inner circle. No, no, he's the leader of the 12. Does that give any of us hope? Oh my goodness gracious. So, so finally he washes Peter's feet. You know, Peter comes to his senses. But man, I mean, just... Come on, Peter. Seriously? So the next, next scene we've got here, we're looking at uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 38 through 40. Now Jesus and his disciples are in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is literally the night that Jesus is arrested. And so Jesus knows he's going to be arrested. Then he knows he's going to be flogged, which is horrific. I'm not even going to go into what a flogging was like, but it was brutal. People, some people didn't even survive a flogging. Then he was going to be crucified. So Jesus knows this is all going down. Now, this is the plan that he's laid out, but still in his humanness, he's completely freaking out. Okay, check this out. Verses 38 and 40, Matthew chapter 26. It says, then he said to them, and this was Peter, James, and John, the closest of the three disciples. He says to these three guys, to Peter, James, and John, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What Jesus is saying there is, I am so upset. I feel like I could literally die. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I don't know if you've ever had someone who has had that much grief, that much, much anguish, okay? But in those moments, this is as serious as it gets. He looks Peter and these other two in the eye and says, this is, this is where I'm at. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. He makes one request, one request. Just don't let me be by myself, guys. Don't, let, don't leave me. So he goes just a few yards away and he begins to pray. He just, just guys, just, just stay up with me. Just stay up with me. So he goes, he comes back. Check this out, verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Peter, you're the leader, man. Everybody takes their cues from you. You couldn't just for one hour, man? my greatest time of need. You couldn't stay up. Was it that hard for you, Peter? 
Man. Then, next thing you know, in the garden, same night, Judas Iscariot shows up. Judas had slipped away. He was one of the disciples who betrayed Jesus. He appears with Roman and Jewish authorities who were threatened by this movement and everything that was happening. They were waiting for the right opportunity where they could grab Jesus without crowds being around, where it wouldn't create some sort of a massive disruption. So now's the time. And Judas says, there he is. And they grab him. They grab Jesus. John chapter 18, verse 10 and 11. It says, then Simon Peter, who had a sword. Of course he did. Of course he had a sword. It's Peter. He had a sword and he drew it. And he struck the high priest's servant cutting off his right ear. Love the attention to detail here. The servant's name was Malchus, just in case you were wondering. Poor guy. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? What he's saying to Peter right there is, Peter, come on, man. I've already told you the plan. I've been explaining. This is how it's got to go. I am willingly laying down my life as a sacrificial offering. This is, this is the, God's redemptive plan for mankind. You still don't get it, Peter. Put it away. Come on, man. So Peter is, or not Peter, Jesus is uh, carted off and taken over to the Jewish high priest's uh, place. And he, th- they begin this trial where he's taken before all these leaders um, who are threatened by him and they're trying to figure out how they are going to punish him. And um, so we see that Peter goes and he follows. He, he, he follows behind and he gets all the way. He can't get actually inside where the trial is taking place, but he gets just to the courtyard, just outside. And while he's out there, and we find this written in, uh, in Matthew chapter 26, while he's outside, and some of you are familiar with this story, um, so he's out in the courtyard and someone goes, hey, aren't you one of Jesus' disciples? He's like, no, 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 that's not me. No, no, not at all. And then uh, sometime later, someone else is like, yeah, yeah, I think you, you're, you're, one of those, you're one of those Jesus followers. He says, no, 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 that's not me. Later on that night, late into the night, a third person, yeah, you're with Jesus. We pick it up in verse 74 and 75 of Matthew 26. It says, then Peter began to call down curses. And he swore to them. Basically, what he's doing is, in the most emphatic way possible, he is saying, I don't know the man. Immediately, it says, a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And Peter went outside and wept bitterly. I tell you, Peter was an absolute mess. And this isn't even all of them. This is just six. And if those other blunders weren't bad enough, this one takes the cake. Because here you have Peter, really in his final public moment before Jesus is killed, after he's just made this bold claim with all of his buddies around, I'll never deny you, Jesus. I'm always with you. Denies him three times. That's the lowest of low for Peter. 
So it's not surprising, really, where we find Peter after Jesus has died. And actually, not just after Jesus has died, but Jesus has died and and actually appeared a couple of times to his disciples. So he's seen the risen Jesus. But you know where, where Peter is in the very last chapter of John's gospel? The very last chapter of the account of Jesus? He's fishing. He's fishing. That's pretty ironic if you think about it. The fisherman has gone back to what he knows. Even after Jesus has appeared to him, he's seen him resurrected. Now, maybe he was just out for the day, maybe just, you know, hungry, wanting to catch a little fish. You can make your own speculation. But I think if you look at what has just happened, I think Peter's devastated. I think in light of all his mistakes, especially this last one, denying Jesus three times, he's basically said, you know what, I'm unfit to lead. And he's disqualified himself. He's taken himself out of the running. Based on what he's done in his past, there's no way that Jesus could possibly use him anymore for anything good. And some of you are here right now. And you get that. Because as you think about maybe some of the things in your life, some mistakes, some regrets, some things in your past, there's maybe a little voice in your head somewhere or a thought that creeps in that goes, you know what? I'm a mess. God could never use me. You get where Peter's at right here. So he's out fishing and he's taken a few of his disciple friends with him. And uh, they're out and they've fished at night and so they've fished all night and they haven't caught anything. And um, then there's this, this random guy on the beach that yells out, hey, go ahead, you, you catch, you, cast your net out on the side of the boat. One more time. So they do. And they catch so many fish, they, they're having trouble hauling it in. 153, the account says. And immediately, they, they recognize who the guy is on the beach. It's Jesus. And so, fast forward, now they're having this wonderful fish breakfast on the beach with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. And we pick it up in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. It says, when they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, we don't know if the these, do we love me more than these, if that's referring to the other disciples that he was with, or if that was referring to, like, do you love me more than all these fish that you just caught and all your fishing gear? But nonetheless, Peter replies, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now, Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd. So lambs would have been his followers. He's saying, lead my people, lead my followers. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. Pretty significant. So what had he done three times? Jesus said, do you love me? 
Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, Peter, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Peter would eventually be crucified for his faith and his claims about Jesus Christ. Then he said to Peter, follow me. And with those two words, Peter takes this man who's blown it so many times. The last act that he did while Jesus was alive is deny the man three times. And Jesus says, you know what, Peter? Forget all that. That's all in the past. And he reinstates Peter as his guy to lead the church. What a phenomenal picture of the grace of God. How encouraging for all of us, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been in our lives. And I got to tell you guys, it is so easy to pick on Peter. I mean, he's, he's been fun to pick on. I've, I've had a great time just researching all this stuff this week. But, you know, in fairness, I, I just want to say, you know, in fairness, okay, yeah, Peter was the guy who denied Jesus three times. He was. But you know what? He was also the only one who followed Jesus to where he was on trial. He was the only one in that courtyard. He was really the only one with the opportunity to deny Jesus three times. And yeah, he got out of that boat. You know, Jesus called me out there and he got out on that boat and he walked on that water and he sank. You know, he lost faith and he doubted and he got all wet and everybody laughed at him. But you know what? He's the only other human being who got to walk on water. I mean, Jesus and Peter. He didn't do it well, but he got to walk on water. And really, this whole picture of the boat, getting out of the boat and walking on the water, this is what I love about uh, Peter. This, to me, is what makes him heroic. You see, the deal is, Peter, he was constantly messing up, constantly saying the wrong things, doing the wrong things. I mean, he was a mess. But you know what? He also had the courage to step out in faith to Jesus. We see him doing it over and over and over again. And that is what makes Peter a hero, having the courage to step out in so the question that I want you guys to wrestle with for the next few minutes is where is God calling you to step out in faith? Where is God calling you to step out in faith? You know, we have, you know, our lives are like these boats, you know, and we can get pretty comfortable. We can get pretty secure. We can get pretty cozy. Where is God saying, hey, I know you're feeling good in the boat, but don't you want to walk on the water? Why don't you come out to me? Why don't you take a step of faith? Come out this way. Trust me. 
Where is God calling you to step out in faith? Now, you may be here going, well, Derek, I'm not sure that he is. Both feels pretty good. I'm not sure. Are you sure Jesus is calling me to step out in faith? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the reality is, it's not a question of whether or not God's calling you to step out in faith. The truth is, God is always calling us to step out in faith. God is always calling us to leave the comfortable and the secure and to step out on the water. Because here's the deal. Now, no matter where we are in our faith journey this morning, we can pretty much all agree on one thing. We want to experience God, don't we? You know where we experience God? You think you got a better shot in the boat or on the water? It's on the water where we get to experience the power, the promises of God. That's where we see God move mightily. It's out on the water where we're forced to rely on God, where we can't rely on ourselves. That's where we build faith. It's it's out on the water where we grow. That's where we develop. That is where we become the people that God wants us to be. We are a water-walking group of people, whether we realize it or not. And many of us have just been lulled into the security and the comfort and the reliability of the boat. But the truth is, God always says, no, come out. Come out on the water. So it's not an if, it's a where. Where is God calling you to step out in faith? Maybe for some of you, God's calling you to step out in faith and step into community. Because if you really think about it and you evaluate it, and guys, this is especially true for us men. There's this kind of this, this thing about us where we feel like we, we, kind of, we can do it all ourselves, we can go it alone, you know, I don't, I don't need anybody else, need to be able to figure this thing out. The reality is we need each other. Do you have somebody in your life that you can really talk about what's going on, that you can be fully real with? Do you have authentic community? Now, for some of you, just even thinking about that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Well, I mean, what does that even look like? And because, because you're in the boat, you're clutching to the sides. The reality is, out in authentic community, when you get to link arms with other people, who are doing this faith journey and can be an encouragement to you and you realize, man, they're just as much of a Peter as I am. They got all sorts of issues and stuff going on and struggles. You know, two weeks ago, Doubting Thomas, you, you'd be able to link arms with people who are saying, yeah, I have doubts too. Yeah, I have unresolved questions. Yeah, I have this struggle. All of a sudden, you know what happens when you get out on the water and you're out there in authentic community? Man, your faith takes off. It really does. Is it terrifying to take that first step? Absolutely it is. Absolutely. Is God calling you to it? This fall, we will be starting a series called This Is Us, based on the very popular show. 
And uh, it's an eight-week relationship series. And this fall, we are going to challenge every single person at Grace Community Church to get into some sort of community group and experience authentic community throughout that series. So uh, today, today, what you can do, this is great because you don't actually have to get out of the boat today, but today you can make a decision in your mind. You can make a commitment of sorts to say, you know what? Yeah, this fall, I'm committing. Today, today, right now, I'm going to commit that I am going to do that. This fall is going to be the time I get out of the boat and I find authentic community and I see what happens to my faith. For others of you, where God is calling you to step out in faith is service. God's calling you to step out and serve. Because you, you know this about yourself, some of you, that you're not kind of a sit on the sidelines type of a person. That's just not how God made you. It's not how you're wired. You know that when you step out and you serve, stuff happens. I mean, life is good. There's, there's a meaning, there's a purpose there. And some of you, you know, you're, you're sitting in the boat because you're like, oh man, you know, if I step out and I put myself out there in church, I mean, every single Sunday, start to finish, they're gonna get me. It's that big word commitment. And you're like, nope, I'm, on, I'm in the boat. Nope, nope, don't let them get you. Churches every Sunday, 52 weeks a year. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But if you think about it, hasn't God wired you in such a way? Well, you, you just, you want to give back, don't you? So I'm just throwing it out there because there's many, many of you, I'll just give you a few examples, but there's many of you, very athletic, very able-bodied people. This is a, quite a strong, vibrant congregation. You know, we are a portable church in two different locations. We set up and break down a school every single Sunday. And many of you guys, like, you're working out anyway during the week, right? I mean, exercise is like part of the whole deal. You're missing out on how, this, the best way to start your week. You can get a workout the very beginning Sunday morning to start your week. It's, it's unbelievable how many steps you'll get in. You'll, you'll be, your mind will be blown rolling these big cases around and doing all, I mean, it's, it's wild. Think about this. You can be multitasking in the best way. You can be getting in your first workout of the week and you can be giving back to the church that is out trying to be a blessing in our community. Pretty cool. Could you give once a month to that? Some of you, you, you love kids. You love kids but you're also terrified at the same time. Some of you, you're just a, you're just a kid in a grown-up body. You're just like a little kid. Do you realize the opportunity that is before you? I, I know it might sound terrifying. You're like clutching the boat right now. Oh, no, no, no. You're not talking about, yes, I am. I'm talking about Graceland and Grace student life. Do you know how many young minds are being shaped right now, are figuring out faith right now, and you, you can be a part of that. You have people when you were little that, that shaped you. You could, you could help to shape them. God could use you in that way. All you need as a prerequisite is a love for kids or to be a little kid at heart. That's all you need. We'll help you figure out the rest, I promise. Or maybe you're just a, a people person. You just, you just love people, man. You just you love meeting people, making people feel good. Do you realize, if that's your gift, how that could be deployed? 
Every single Sunday at Grace Community Church, we have people who walk through these doors and they are giving it one more shot. They've practically given up on faith altogether. They're walking through these doors and you could be that person who greets them, who makes them feel welcome, who makes them feel like maybe God does actually care about me. Do you realize what a privilege that would be? For some of you, you're wired this way. You're wired to serve. It's not every week, so forget that. That's a lame excuse for not getting out of the boat. Maybe God's calling you to step out and serve. Others of you, maybe God's calling you to step out in faith financially. Shutters just came down some people's spines right now. And I'm not, this isn't some sort of a you know, pitch for giving to grace. We're doing great financially, okay? That's not what this is about at all. This is about what is God calling you to? In fact, don't even give to grace, okay? Give, give, give somewhere else. It's totally cool. But you know, if you're going to be really honest, that finances, that's, that's where you're clutching the boat. Maybe God is calling you to courageously step out and be more generous, be more free. And maybe God wants to liberate you financially from kind of how you're living right now. And finally, maybe you're here this morning and God wants you to step out in faith and follow him. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you don't have it all figured out. You got doubts like Thomas did, like I do. You got a lot of questions that aren't resolved and I got news for you, they're never all gonna be fully resolved, so sorry. But maybe, maybe, you could admit to the fact that this Jesus guy, man, he's pretty awesome. In fact, as far as you're concerned, there's really nobody else better to follow. There's no one else better to, 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 to go his way and to do his thing and to live out his teachings. There's no, there's no one better. This is as good as it's gonna get. Maybe today is the day, as scary as it sounds, where it's like, you know what? Today is the day to take a step of faith and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my life. Even in the midst of the questions, I am going to put my faith in you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you. I don't know what it is for you. Only you do. Where is God calling you to step out in faith? That's the question that we have to wrestle with. So I want to give you just a very practical, action, actionable thing, okay? It's Father's Day. Men, we need action. You know, we need something practical. Give me something tangible, all right? So here it is. What I want you to do is uh, I want you to take out your Connect card that's in your bulletin if you have one. If you don't have one or you don't have a pen, then um, you can use the link on your phone. Those of you online, obviously, you don't have a Connect card, so you're going to use this link. And basically what this is, is I want to give you a way to, to take an action step, to, to mark the moment, okay? Father's Day 2018. Mark the moment. Where is God calling you to step out in faith? And what we want to do is we want to help you. So if it's authentic community, just write community. You got to write your name and an email, okay? Name and email, but then just write community. If, that's, if you know that's your deal, that's where God's calling you. If it's service, write service. If it's Finances, right? Finances. And if it's to put your faith in Jesus, just write Jesus on there. Or whatever. If there's something else, write it down. Write it down. Because we want to help you 
We want to help you to take that step. Wherever God is calling you, do you really want to stay in the boat? Or do you want to walk out where Jesus is? So this might be the scariest part for you. What are they going to do with my information? What's going to happen? Okay, we just want to help you. We want to follow up with you and say, how can we help you take this step? All right? Would you be courageous enough to write something down, to hit that link? And I'll tell you, if you do, just wait and see what God's going to do. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for these unlikely heroes. Thank you that you never expect us to be perfect, but you always expect us to step out in faith, to get out of the boat and to walk toward you. God, show each and every one of us where you want us to step out in faith. In Christ's name, amen.